Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bolduck. Today's guest is a very special guest from Ireland, Gavin Friday. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm well. Thank you very much for coming. And uh, so I just wanted to talk to you about your life and your career in music because you have had an amazing career in music and film and art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I don't know where... Uh, I tend to just do what I do and I don't tend to sort of overthink about it. And right. I, I, I sort of came out of the, I, I got into the music when I was a young kid, uh, more or less when the punk scene happened in the mid seventies, mm -hmm. my inspiration to form a band. But I grew up on North side of Dublin mm -hmm. in, in Ireland. Uh, back in the seventies, Dublin was quite a rough and ready place um, absolutely so more or less ruled and governed by the catholic church more than any government back then mm -hmm. uh, it's a very different place now but it was a quite a repressive and poorer place it wasn't third world but it wasn't far away from being third world mm -hmm. that's simple uh, and i grew up uh, near in a place called cedarwood road mm -hmm is sort of Ballymun, Finglas, Glasnevin. Mm -hmm. um, it was when we were kids, Ballymun, but over the years, Ballymun got a bad name, so people changed it to Glasnevin and blah, blah, or blah. Ballygall, yeah. Or Ballygall. I went to school in Ballygall, actually. Mm -hmm. But it's Ballymun because that's where I grew up. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not a snob. Ballyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Northside Dublin, uh, I befriended uh, at the early age of about 12 and a half, 13, uh, two guys that lived on the road. Uh, one of them became quite famous or is quite famous in being Bono mm -hmm. from YouTube. And the other one being Googie, who's a painter. Mm -hmm. And he became uh, also a member of the band that I formed in 1977, the Virgin Prunes. Mm -hmm. So we were three, three sort of, uh, not delinquents, but three lost boys that found our cause to the, in music. Mm -hmm. uh, formed bands. He, he Bono formed U two and in, in nineteen seventy six, and I formed the Virgin Prunes in nineteen seventy seven, and we went about our ways for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as I said, Ireland was quite a complex and repressed place. Uh. And the Virgin Prunes were a lot more controversial and a lot more, uh, a lot more punk rock than even you two. Right. So we we got out of the country quick. We 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 felt uh, the open arms of Europe far more, far more uh, attractive than yeah. trying to trying to be in Ireland. And and it wasn't as if we were a band that were trying to be successful. We were far more visually aesthetic and artistically inclined yeah no if you go virginprunes.com mm -hmm. uh, gavinfriday.com uh, you'll get a good history of, of, yeah. of that uh the whole thing i mean it's it's wow i haven't been asked even though i, I the virgin prunes have been releasing re-releasing some of their back catalog recently uh 
I haven't been asked that question from from day one in many, right? many years. That's yeah. funny. But it's nice yeah. to see the chronology of everything that happened. So from there, you ended up, um, you you wrote songs, correct? I believe you wrote a song for a few films that were made by Jim Sheridan. And That's right. That was like, that was jumping way forward. The Virgin Prunes uh, formed 77. Mm -hmm. We sort of started breaking up around 84, 85. Right. Then I painted for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, it was art was one of the big loves of mine always. As I said, mm -hmm. the virtue was far more uh, aesthetically motivated than we weren't concerned about having hit singles or being a rock band. Mm -hmm. And myself and Googie, uh, when the band split, we went away and painted. Uh, Googie, my good friend, still is uh, a very renowned painter now. Uh, and within those sort of lost years, I started investigating uh, going solo. And, and actually, when, when the, as I said, the Virtue Prunes, they traveled in Europe an awful lot. Uh, and I started picking up an awful lot of... It, it, the, the music in Europe reaffected me. Uh, mm -hmm. Music that I, I sort of heard of, but hadn't really devoured. I think when you're quite young, you're quite sort of snobbish to music older than the era you grew up with mm -hmm. so like i grew up in the 70s so i was a big bowie and roxy music and then punk rock fan and mm -hmm. i didn't really care about the 60s or bob dylan or the beatles uh but, but when i started traveling in europe in, in the late 70s early 80s i ventured into the music worlds of kurt Weill and brecht and Jacques Brel and Edith Piaf and Serge Gainsbourg, all very European, mm -hmm. uh, very burlesque and chanson. And it became a real passion for me. So after the prunes broke, I started really taking my music a little bit more classically uh, uh, intended and, and started working with musicians that weren't punk rock, but more classical backgrounds. And, and I went solo, uh, from around 89, I brought out my first solo album called Each Man Kills the Thing He Loves. Mm -hmm. Toured Europe then for a good 10 years. And within that era, I started working seriously uh, on soundtracks and, uh, and songs from movies as well. Uh, the guy I worked with in them days was Morris Caesar, a classically mm -hmm. trained, brilliant musician. Mm -hmm. Self and Morris Caesar, I think it was 1993, we were approached by Jim Sheridan, uh, the Irish director who made My Left Foot and Name of the Father in America. Mm -hmm. And we did uh, the music for numerous of his films, In the Name of the Father being the first one, then The Boxer in America, and Get Rich and Die Trying. The, I love the, that. The... the <clears throat> The hip hop movie. I love Fifty Cent. He's yeah. so fabulous. But um, yeah, it was it was it was another world. Like going really into doing score than than just performing uh, as a solo artist. So it was quite eclectic. That was all like up until around two thousand and three, when I split with Morris Stan, more or less, uh, two thousand and four. Um, have ventured into many different fields uh, from theater. Breakfast on Pluto. Movies, Breakfast on Pluto. I love that movie. 
Yeah, it's it's quite an it's it's not as a well known movie as a lot of people would. Um... I share it with every single person that I can. I'd read the book, so I'd gone oh, to yeah. London, and my friend Eric was like, "You must read this book. It's about Ireland." <laughs> so I read the book. So when the movie came out, I was like, "Oh goodness, here we go!" And, and what a know, cast, it, right? It's, the cast is amazing, but the, right. the, the thing about the book is, if you wanted to know something about how crazy, sort of surreally dysfunctional Ireland is. Right. You want a quick glimpse of <laughs> the 60s, 70s, 80s in Ireland. Read Breakfast on Pluto. Right. It's by the mastermind, uh, written by the mastermind Patrick McCabe, who wrote who wrote The Butcher Boy, mm -hmm. which is also an infamous book. Sure. But Breakfast on Pluto, yeah, I mean, it was it was big, basically Killian, Killian Murphy's big break. Yeah, uh, sure. Incredible in the movie. That and the wind um, that shakes the barley. And then uh, Stephen Ray was in it as well as uh, Liam Neeson. Ray, the Neil Jordan movie. So you yeah. always see Stephen Ray in the Neil Jordan movie. Right. Brian Berry, Liam Neeson, and um, what's that? Oh, where's, where's, what's my my brain? As you know, I, I, I'm on antibiotics and not well. He's, he's a brilliant Irish actor from Dublin. Red hair, beard. Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember his name either played trump on that tv thing uh oh you do and he was in uh the banshee of inisherin oh brendan gleason yes yes oh he's the, the best brendan gleason. so it's, it's it's such a stellar cast of yeah crazy irishmen but uh yeah but you never see it on streaming sites or anything it's a one no no i've actually ordered it on amazon for friends and had it delivered to them because you can buy it as a dvd if you will so it's it's for sale that way and that's how i found it um but yeah no brilliant film if you can see it and so how was it filming that i mean it must have been a lot of fun because your scenes you play the rock star so your your scenes were all about like <laughs> <laughs> well it was a, a rock star but it was more of a what would you say uh we had a thing there was a thing in ireland in the 70s called show bands oh yes and i played a, a show band I played uh, a guy called Billy Hatchet, uh, and I was a, a failed show band singer. What was the cast? A failed show band singer uh, that was um, sexually sort of in the closet about his sexuality and was a gun runner for the IRA. Right. <laughs> and, and Killian Murphy, who plays uh, a trans sort of young, a young sort of, kid that's trying to find itself and is running after any interesting person that sort of captures his attention but falls in love with me and joins the band the billy hatchet and the, and the mohicans i mean this description alone sounds you go what the fuck it's you know yeah lots of fun <laughs> my favorite scene is the part where he jumps up on stage and the whole crowd goes crazy <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So after the the film, so you've been you've done a little bit of film. That's not the only thing you've done. You some some stage acting too. Is that correct? I've done I, I've done some. Uh, yeah, I, I mean I've done my own shows, which have, have a theatrical slant. Two of them, especially, I did one based on the works of Kurt Weil and Bertolt Brecht, called Ich Liebe Dich, which means mm -hmm. I love you, uh, and that was in the Dublin Theatre Festival and. Uh, but I also worked with the Shakespearean Company in uh, with a, a musician called Gavin Bryars, who's a classical, a brilliant classical musician uh, from Britain. Mm -hmm. uh, he 
approached me about 10 years ago regarding being the main voice actor for uh, the sonnets of William Shakespeare put to classical music. Mm. So it was a real, um, it was a challenge because I was working under the umbrella of the Royal Shakespearean Company and me being Dublin and you know, not totally as a young kid. I never really embraced Shakespeare. Right. I always found it. I did. I couldn't get it. Right. Uh, until the breakthrough is when I started reading the sonnets. It's it's a great introduction if people are, are a bit like, oh, what what's all this language about? It's old school. I, I don't get it. And uh, but if you start reading the sonnets, they're so simple and they're only eight or nine lines. Um, so you 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 um. They absorb into you, and once it gets into you, you realize how great he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I took the tack of a lot of Shakespeare, the Shakespearean poems and his sonnets, and his work. They seem to be expressed very, <clears throat> let's say, Laurence Olivier-ish, very <laughs> shouting and all these loud <laughs> gestures. And I sort of pulled it right back down. I said, "Well, they're love poems, so make them yeah. into this." Sure. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it was um, it was a fascinating uh, learning curve for me. I tend to I tend to jump into things to learn and to, mm-hmm. to find out about things. I I tend yeah. to uh, challenge myself constantly uh, mm-hmm. at new feats, and, um, and um and then fall in love with them and then become a little obsessed. So I I, I my my trail is a very very long and winding road that goes around cul-de-sacs and back out and up mountains and <laughs> all over the world. I don't go, I am not an ABC guy. Right. Not a linear direction kind of guy. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, that's life too. It's not about the destination, but the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you did in, when you were writing songs, you wrote a song for Sinead O'Connor. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I, and, just, uh, I just uh, did a, an obituary piece for a, a big English paper yesterday. I saw that, The Observer. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a year, you know. Did you know Christy Dignam? I did, but I didn't know him as well as I knew Sinead and Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy came from Finglas, Spanimon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so did the rest of Aslan. Yeah. Uh, I knew him more as a head hanging around in the late 80s, mm. in the sorry, early 80s. Yeah. And I'd always be, I'd say, hey, hi. Uh, right. We never hung out. Right. Uh, I performed when he was quite ill about 10 years ago. There was a big uh, charity event with the band and he was too sick to perform. Yeah. And we all sang songs and, and I performed at that. So I would have been an, an admirer. I mean, he was, they were real men of the people. They were, you know, they they got down and they. they, they I saw them perform at the at the Royal Oak, which is no longer there. On the yeah. Finglas Road, yeah. Many when I was pregnant with Caleb, so Caleb's twenty-two, so I was twenty. They go, they go to every pothole in Ireland, yeah. In the, <laughs> and they, they just built up this massive following, yeah. True, truly love, loved by by straightforward ordinary people, right? Right. Yeah. right. He was a very much charismatic performer as well. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, he gave you a show. It's like when you go to see Bruce Springsteen, the man plays for three and a half hours without even taking a breath. And, you know, Christy was kind of like that, too. And not to say that he performed for a long time, but, you know, when yeah. he gave a hundred and ten percent of himself every single time he stepped on stage, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Christy Sinead and and Shane McGowan all gone within six months of each other. Oh, it's it it? sad. I mean, I think everyone knew Christy. Christy's been struggling with health issues for many years, mm-hmm. as has Shane. But I think the saddest of all was Sinead because you just go, oh, my God. A poor woman had such a tragic life as well. And she turned all that pain into power through her voice and her music. Wonderful, wonderful, redeeming queen, what she Mm -hmm. did for Ireland and the women of Ireland. But, you know, and what she did for awareness of mental health Mm -hmm. is extraordinary. She was way ahead of the curve there. She was way ahead of the curve with sort of saying how abusive the Catholic Church are. Mm -hmm. Um, And she got a hard time for that. Sure. I'm still sort of pissed off with the the media for always slagging her and never, right, never actually sort of, you know, standing with her, right, stand with her till she was gone. You know, the yeah. one person who always admired her and gave her a safe place to speak, it seemed like, was Gay Byrne. I don't know. It just seemed like he he took a fondness to her. <laughs> oh, was a, I think he did, and yeah. it was a very, and, and and she used to play up on it. I remember seeing her, but she, she was that type of girl. I mean, I had a a great friendship with her, but it was almost paternal. I, I wanted to look after her, mm-hmm. uh, even though like I was as angry as her uh, about the Catholic Church. And I think we we had similar dangerous traits. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would be afraid of a Sinead O'Connor or a Gavin Friday back in the day. Mm-hmm. But it was it wasn't it was anger as an energy, an energy to kick against the so-called pricks of the Catholic Church or whatever. Right. Uh, but Gay Byrne, yeah, she she had that need where she wanted to be loved or to be looked mm-hmm. after. She, you know, never doubted dysfunctional youth. Right. right. Damage it can do. I read her book right after she passed away. I ordered her book. And then at the end, she puts a tiny passage to her father, which is even more poignant because, you know, she says, I want you to know this was never your fault, you know? Yeah. Well, God help her. But wow, is that voice going to live forever? Absolutely. Phenomenal. And I had the privilege of co-writing and and, and Mm -hmm. recording one of her great songs. You make the thief of your heart. It's amazing, amazing. And so uh, would she be your favorite Irish artist? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's so many. Mm-hmm. And I'm very encouraged. I'm very encouraged today. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the end of the year uh, charts and piles of like what the best albums are from all over the world, not just Ireland. I'm talking Britain and uh, Europe, America. There's a Dublin band called Lancome, L-A-N-K-U-M. Mm-hmm. Um, their their album False Lancome. It's number one everywhere. There's mm-hmm. another band called Oxum, mm-hmm. and there's a band called <clears throat> and there's Lisa O'Neill, and there's this resurgence of Irish. They're calling it Gothic folk because right. it's quite common, but also the rock bands that are here now, the Fontaines, DC. The Murder Capital, uh, Young Band, Bono's Son, and Hailer. Mm-hmm. It's this energy. It's just so much great Irish music. It, it's actually the most exciting it's been since the, the the boom when 
U2 and Virgin Prunes and Holland's Flowers and all mm. that scene kicked off right. in, in the 80s. It's, 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 it's maybe even more vibrant. I think it's and fantastic. Especially that the folk music is not, it's being contemporary. It's not going, um, you know, top of the morning, diddly eye folk right. music. Quite raw and raucous, a bit like the way Shane and the Pogues were quite. They were like more of a punk band that played folk music, but they still take they take folk music and put it in a different form, almost. Correct, and but that's really kicking off. I'd advise anyone to go out and check out Lancome and Lisa O'Neill, another great band called Ye Vagabonds, who are really beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. music. So my favorite Irish singer, aside from yourself. Would be uh, Finbar Fury. Oh wow, my yeah. favorite. He really yeah. is. Um, he's still he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still going. Um, and so, talk to me about Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf is something. Uh, it, it, it's it's it started off twenty years ago. I I do some uh, charity work for the Irish Hospice Foundation, and I was on their board, coming up with ideas for. <laughs> spoke ideas for charity uh making money for them basically because you know the, the these these charities have a really tough time especially in the last 15 20 years like since the crash in 2010 mm-hmm. the world hasn't really been that great is the truth and uh i i had an idea to do peter and the wolf the children's fairy tale put it to music uh we recorded it myself and Morris Caesar mm-hmm. uh, uh, 20 years ago. This was, um, I approached Bono whose dad had just died and was in palliative care. So he's quite sympathetic to the charities of the hospice. And he did the paintings, uh, all the drawings for the story. And we ended up releasing it 20 years ago and it was a huge success. And about five years ago, I got the rights of the recording back. And we always, 20 years ago, said, oh, this would make a beautiful animation. Mm. Um, But we never got around to it. And when we got the rights back, um, I I work with BMG Records. That's who is going to be releasing the next Gavin Friday album, which is coming out next year. Fantastic. And he said, why don't we look into making an animation of this and re-releasing it and blah, blah, blah. So we started investigating that and we brought a a, a a production company and an animating company called Blink in UK to work with us. And we developed some, 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 some animated shorts and went out and pitched it and HBO bought it. Fantastic. And we started work on it in early 2020. And no sooner had we started work and the pandemic kicked in. Mm-hmm. Which, in a weird way, was probably a godsend because mm-hmm. all our other work was put aside, and the only work I could do was Peter and the Wolf because you can do all that remotely mm-hmm. because animators work remotely and blah blah blah. So the whole reinvention of this new version of Peter and the Wolf uh, was done during the p- pandemic over Zooms, many hours, laborious hours. And the main thing is I had to readapt the story and I wanted to readapt the story anyway, because it was a very simple, simple uh, Russian, actually a Ukrainian story. Yeah. Uh, Prokofkiev was uh, Ukrainian. 
Um, I, I retold the story in more more in the sympathy of uh, a child who has a young boy, a teenager boy, who has gone through the loss of a parent, um, and and sort of the cause of that was for them to understand, uh, like to make to make music, make it almost like a bam, like a like like it's it's okay, you know, mm -hmm. that it's a big bad world out there which I sort of use the analogy of the big bad wolf mm -hmm. being the big bad world. Yeah. Because there isn't big bad wolves. There is a big bad world. Mm -hmm. But as, as I say, in the there's a, a, a new song I wrote for the end, which is, there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, the chorus is, make fear your friend. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's basically, that's the real moral. It's Peter overcoming his fears and befriending. It's, it's his grandfather who opens him up and protects him and befriends him. Um, but the best thing is to go see it and it's streaming. On I've Man. seen it. So in the US, you can watch it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's going so to be on Irish TV on Christmas Day. Christmas Day. At what time? Uh, 12.55. Uh, uh, which is great because that's when all the Christmas presents are open. Mm -hmm. Your ma or whoever is making the turkey, everyone's mm -hmm. sitting around having a glass or a cup of tea, mm -hmm. and you're sitting waiting for your turkey at two thirty. Yep, so exactly. great time. Yep, uh, and there's a book out. Uh, the reason why I'm pushing the book and the album is that's where uh, the hospice will make proceeds. Money. The proceeds go in. Um... Proceeds hundred percent go there. So you can buy the book, and the illustrations are, are all originated from Bono um mm. it's quite a beautiful thing I mean you saw it um what was your feeling did you like it I loved it I loved the end I yeah. loved the end I thought was very good as it's really hard especially for children when when someone passes it's really hard they're not there anymore so like my son lost my little boy or we all lost my aunt last year and it's really hard for my little boy to put into perspective what happened to her because when someone's not there they're just gone so yeah. um, I like the end better because I think it's a it's yeah. a better way for children even to look at it. Yeah, it's like they're never no they're not really gone. They're still right. there exactly. if you want. Uh, I thought the funny thing about that was, even though I take I do the all the narrative uh, and uh, some of the characters like the grandfather and mm. uh, the duck and, and 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 the goose and whatever. Uh, but uh, there isn't a goose. What am I saying? <laughs> I meant the duck. Uh, they 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 decided that the, the children might need something to explain the narrator because the narrator is just setting the story, and they mm -hmm. might, so they created a new character, which is a fly. So there's this tiny little bug that hops around, and that's basically. And he was nicknamed Gavin Fly Day. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but. This all sounds quite surreal. I would adventure anyone. It's it's thirty minutes, and it's it's not very long. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect timing. And it's quite like the music is, it's it's same music. We 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 kept the same music we recorded twenty years ago, mm -hmm. but it has, it has a sort of a gothic adult tinge to it. Mm -hmm. It's not like oh here we go. It's a boring. It's it, it's quite a dark, adventurously dark, but dark in a optimistic way do you know it's, it's sure. not a it's not a gothic thing it's just got this 
innocence and beauty about it. I, I, we, we went very old school in that we made all, all the sets were made actually 3D, like the little chairs and tables in the cottages are handmade. Oh, nice. And, and, and the animations are 2D. They're just black and white drawings. Sure. So for those watching outside of the of Ireland, you can you can see it um on HBO Max. Is it correct? Or is it HBO Plus or HBO Max? Yes. Well, HBO Max in, in yeah. the United States. Yeah. BBC have bought it for Europe. Right. And they're slowly doing deals where all the other countries see because HBO Max are not going international for about right. two or three years. The BBC is taking it in Europe. And then yeah. it's IT is showing it in Ireland on Christmas Day. And it'll be on the player. It'll be on all their streaming oh, services. Right. That's true, too. Yeah, that's great. And so I ask all of my guests this. Um, what do you love? What do I love? Um, my dogs, my dog. One of them died recently. Oh, no. I love animals. I love dogs. Yeah. Uh, I love art. I love music. I love painting. Mm -hmm. I love clothes. I love wine and I love food. Oh, good. So you we haven't talked Probably. about wine. What kind of wine do you like? Oh, I, I I love I love red over white. Sure. I tend to really like uh, Rioja. Very uh, good. Yeah. Spanish Rioja. Spanish wines, yeah. But Argentinian wines are amazing. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I agree. French Italian. I, I tend to really like European mm -hmm. more, but South American are up there. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. It's funny. I used to sell this wine called Mataramera, which is Spanish. Um, but they're a company based in Ribera del Duero. So Rioja is kind of up here near Barcelona and kind of closer to Barcelona. And Ribera del Duero is kind of like in the middle. And I, yeah. those wines should hopefully soon be in, back in Ireland, but we'll see. That's a that's a different episode. Um, but uh, when I was living there, the last time I ran a wine company and I had brought them in, and they were selling very well. They're delicious wines. But if you can ever get your hands on them when they're there, they're just lovely. There's a place that I went to recently. It's it's in the south of France, in uh, in Provence, a, a, a place called X, A-I-X. Mm -hmm. And it's called Chateau Lacoste, mm -hmm. uh, L-A-C-O-S-T-E. Mm -hmm. And I would advise you, yeah. if you are in France and you like art and you like wine mm -hmm. and you like food, Oh my God, this is an estate that's built up. Uh, there's vineyards, there's restaurants, there's an amazing boutique hotel. Oh, nice. There's the artworks from Tracy Emin to uh, Damien Hurst to even Bob Dylan. Oh, wow. Built a, a train carriage. You know, Bob Dylan's mm -hmm. favorite thing, it, it, more so at the moment than making music, is uh, sculpture and ironmongering. Nice. And he made this train carriage. So there's this huge estate and, and you walk through the vineyards and you go to different, different, uh, you know, pieces. Uh, mm -hmm. A short, scully, uh, 50 foot wall that he's built. Uh, Googie has a, I think it's a, a hundred foot steel bowl. And right. it's just art, food and wine. Right. Uh, and they have beautiful, beautiful wines. Oh, fantastic. So you Google know, I, I believe that I met Googie once upon a time I used to work for Robbie Fox at Tanta Zoe's and he had a he had an art opening there one night so we wow. yeah so I did get to meet I him I remember so did you know Martina oh I yes know, I think she was Robbie's Robbie's first wife I think as well oh oh yeah he, is he not still married to her 
I think he, I'm not sure. Yes, he yes. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's lovely. Yes, I've met Martina. And there was Charlie Dowling uh, to me as well. And she's she's lovely. She worked in the office. It had a Cajun slant, didn't it? It was, it was. It was uh, a Cajun restaurant in the middle of Temple Bar. <laughs> Incredibly it was, popular. <laughs> it was Temple Bar before Temple Bar became a bit of a fucking tourist mm -hmm. uh, it was when Temple Bar had a bit more class. Do you know what I mean? Well, there was a restaurant on Crow Street, an Italian restaurant. What was it called? Our Vicoletto. That's right. You used to go the there. We'd go there every Thursday night. Thursdays, yeah. yeah. I think we were constantly out there. And then so, the Foggy Doo next door. Yeah. You probably yeah. saw sitting on the ground having a cigarette in between so, our yeah. cups. Yeah. That's it. Well, listen, um, I ask all of my guests this. What is your song today? A song of oh well seemingly as as we were talking and it's the end of the year and Sinead O'Connor why don't we pick Sinead O'Connor thief of your heart oh okay perfect I'm gonna play this for you now I love it and uh one more time how do people find you gavinfriday.com gavinfriday.com virginprunes.com mm -hmm. uh gavinfriday okay. at instagram instagram okay perfect thank you very much Okay, I'm going to play your song for you. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You look after yourself.